You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. With your monstrous hosts, Eddie. And Matt. Hey, Matt, how you doing? I am fine and dandy like cotton candy. Let me share that one with you real quick. No. Yes. When I, we were at North Texas, I, I'd seen him a few times. But Spoiler always, alert. I know we were chit-chatting or talking or whatever. We, we couldn't really talk. Well, finally, Hobbs stopped by the booth and said, hey, man, I just want to say hey, because we haven't really had a chance to talk. And he still had his sort of entourage with him or something. And uh, and he said, how are you, man? And I said, man, I'm fine. It's frog hair split four ways. And he was like, man, I'm from too far up north to understand what you just said. And like you said, wait a minute, you hang around Beatty. I know you've heard some... You've heard some Mayberry stuff if you uh, hang around with exactly. baby. Exactly. So I told him, I said, how about this one? I'm fine and dandy like cotton candy. And he goes, all right, that one I get. You know. Anyway, he's a good guy. We had a good chat. Um, yeah, just speaking of Hobbs, to derail this all of a sudden. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. I just talk, I talk to him here and there at the con, and it's more like, hey, how you doing? And I'm sure it's like, how do you know me and how do I know you? Right. But we still chit-chat back and forth, and he just... Seems like a real nice guy. No, he this really is does. Probably when his murder charges will come out <laughs> later today, <laughs> after we've talked to you. But no, if you don't know, it's he has a podcast called Hobbs and Friends, and it's been around for a while, and and he does that. So check it out. There, he's a good guy, and he's got a good a good pot. That's how I know him is from Hobbs and Friends. That, and we've been on some of the same DCC gaming tables. You know, for the most part, I do not listen to other podcasts, uh, other gaming podcasts. I don't, except for. Uh, rolling bones dungeon. and this oh. whole dungeon. Well, there you go. We dropped in two different plugs. There we go. Had to, had to. I figure Ryan, Lou, and Bill and Ed would would come get me. You know, if we didn't. Yeah. But no, which was great to see them. I still think like because he doesn't use his picture for his Facebook profile and who knows whatever. But when I'm like, hey man, him, he kind of looks at me like, who are you? And I know him only, you know. Edwin, Edwin, you know, okay. Nagy or whatever. Yeah, because he, 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 and maybe it's just he's one of those people. He has that look like, uh, uh, you know, whatever. It's kind of funny. But hell, we played in Gladiator together last year, and uh, I think they threw me in for like, ah, you're drunk. He'll he'll beat you down and move along. And my dice were hot, and I really uh, jacked his guy up. But but we, he was a good sport. We laughed and cut up the whole time. Good guy. Anywho, we laughed and laughed. Yeah, this year playing Gladiator, I was dead in five minutes. I rolled crappy for the character, rolled my dice were ice cold during the, the gladiator. Maybe I needed to be inebriated. This time I was sober. But no, I was I was in and out of the room in ten minutes. I mean it was it was kinda sad. Anyway. All right. Well we will get to NTRP. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it has but, been a minute since we've done a podcast. Yeah, it's been it at least a month, I think. Yeah. I hope all you people are well. We've missed you. Kisses. And it's been these dirty videos, but we haven't made any of these videos in a couple of weeks either. So we need yeah. to get back on that. We need to get back on that. I I had somebody mention that they liked that we were doing those coming from, you yeah. know, fifth to to DCC, and they they were enjoying them. So I think the mandate is there, sir. So our next Twitch show should be on the twentieth, unless you shoot it down. I, I need to look at my calendar, but yeah, if I can, I'm going to move heaven and earth. And we should be talking about how to run your first DCC game. Yeah, that'll be cool. So we will see. We will keep you posted. Yep, absolutely. We're not going to do the full pop culture books, movies, and TVs this time, Mm. but I will say that I have been watching the new Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger TV show on Netflix. Fubar? Fubar. So I'm exactly one episode in. Uh Uh-huh, and? So far, so good. Wow, cool. And I just started the Arnold documentary. Uh So this is talking about his life, and I'm probably 30 minutes into the first hour, hour and a half long episode. Mm -hmm. And this is talking about his time as an athlete. And a lot of it's just been him growing up in Austria. Mm -hmm. And usually that's the part where you're like, it's so boring, Mm -hmm. but he's such a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that Mm -hmm. so far that has really, really been interesting. But of course, full disclosure, of course I'm an Arnie fan. Who isn't? Yeah. So the funny thing about that is I was aware of FUBAR, but I hadn't been in a rush to watch it, but I was not aware there was a documentary. Is this on Netflix as well? Yeah, of course. So I'm going to check that out because I I actually, I like documentaries. And like you said, if you grew up in the eighties watching action movies and you don't like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I, I don't know what to say to you, you know? So yeah, I'm right there with you. I'll check it out. So thanks for the tip, amigo. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day when it was Arnie versus Stallone. Yeah. And were there a bunch of Stallone fans? I mean, I like Rocky and 
at but least a couple of Rambos. That's but what I laugh because I never thought of it as a competition because no offense to me. It was me, one-sided competition. Yeah, that's, they're, they're not even the same. I mean, I, I like Stallone. Yeah. I really do. But no, they're not even in the same ballpark, Mm-mm. you know. Mm-mm. I'm like, I mean, Arnie dominated. What I mean, Stallone did make quite a few. I mean, he made, what is it, five or six Rambos? I mean, I don't know. Well, the rain's coming down now. Pretty good. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So I'll check that out. Cool, cool beans. And he made that movie with uh, Kurt Russell, which was Tango and Cash. Yeah. Where everybody first heard Fubar. Uh-huh. And now that's a Schwarzenegger show. And I laugh because I had that poster for the longest time, the Tango and Cash, because I kind of liked Stallone in that movie, and I've always loved Kurt Russell. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that one was so stupid, but you know, eighties was about stupid action movies, and this was. Definitely right there in that wheelhouse, you know. And so this is good. where we take a two-hour uh, course off the beaten path to talk yeah, about I, our man crush for Kurt Russell. Yeah, I love how we we said we'll be quick with the pop culture, and here we are. But um, it's still quick. But yeah, anyway, on yeah. Netflix, check those out. And I know Matt wants to talk to you about how he has sold us all down the river and watched the movie. The movie. So like I was saying earlier, the, the, the last two months on Facebook, every D&D old guy role-playing Ragnard, OSR, whatever web forum group I'm on a lot, everyone's like, I saw the movie. I saw the movie. Have you seen the movie? So you know that this makes you a filthy traitor. I know. And so, but a man of my word, I said, I wasn't going to watch it till it was on streaming and I could watch it for free because I'm, we use like a one week, uh, trial of, uh, Paramount, Paramount plus or whatever to watch it. So yeah, I, I watched the movie. So the hilarious thing about this is I think, what has helped this movie more than anything. And in the end, it sounds like it, it did pretty good, but not that well was there's all of us guys that since we were little kids always said, man, D and D would make a great movie. The property of D and D, the lore of the world, man, it'd make a great movie, man, it'd make a great movie. And then to think like in my lifetime, I've seen some pretty poopy movies. I've never walked out of a movie. I walked out the one and only movie I've ever walked out of the D and D movie. It was that bad, that disappointing, that atrocious. And the, that was on an airplane. Yeah, yeah, that was the original one, right? Just opened the door, walked out. Luckily, I had a shoot. Oh shoot! So anyway, to my point. So a lot of these guys, I think, were just sitting here praying for a D and D, wanting it so bad, and so there was that built-in draw. And that's why they probably sat there for two hours. I We put it on. Me and Heather started watching it. 20 minutes in, she turned to me and said, eh, I don't really want to watch this. The new movie. The new movie. So it goes to show you without that built-in D&D you know, nostalgia or whatever, I mean, 20 minutes in, she's like, meh. And I went, and honestly, I was like, yeah, I got a lot of stuff I need to do to get prepared for the con. And I was like, eh, we'll watch it when we get back. And we turned it off. Didn't even think about it. And then I'd, we'd been back a few, you know, what, a day or two, and I went, oh, yeah. I was like, that movie. I go, you want to finish it? She goes, no. <laughs> I mean, so, but here's one thing that's funny is the original movie was about rogues and it was a heist movie and it did so well, right? No, it stank. So I love how they said, hey, let's do rogues and make it like double the, down. It's like, it's like ye old Ocean's Eleven or whatever, you know, in D&D world. I will say. You son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. For the, the Rick and Morty crowd. Right, right. Those, I mean, there were some good beats. There was some decent acting. Some of the characters had, you know, some likable traits or whatever. There was some awesome CGI and shit. I mean, but this was something that, you know, if it wasn't for the D&D aspect of it, I, I, it'd be one that a year from now you'd mention, I'd go, huh? oh, yeah, I watched that, didn't I? You know, kind of mean like it's not something I'm going to go cherish my lifetime. Or So was that worth selling your soul to Watsy for? To watch I, that? I didn't pay to watch it. So I'm, I'm yes, kind of like we tell you guys, you know. if you want to play 5th edition, play it as much as you want, but don't spend one more penny with Watsy or Hasbro. Well, they didn't get my money. I watched it for free. I'd have to say I don't think I was ever that excited about the D&D movie. Even, even the original one? Are you talking no, about? No, definitely not the original one. Okay. During but the original one, one, I wasn't even in, I wasn't, I wasn't even gaming. Yeah. I wasn't even there. I, I'm not well. That's that's the the real issue is anymore. I can't get excited about anything because I go let's see how anything. Yeah. Okay. Case in point, anything? I've got people come to me going, "Hey, man, the Fallout TV show," and I'm like, 
you know, have you seen the meme where the guy starts crying? He's like, don't get my hopes up. Don't do that to me. It's like, I, I've grown to love the fallout property. You've been hurt too many times. Yeah, I know. Where it's going to be, well, you know, oh, of course the main character is going to be a strong female character. And like the one white guy is going to be a bumbling and inept jackass and blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like, geez, I've only seen this play out in about mm, every TV show and movie for the last you know, two or three years or whatever. It's like, it's too in your face. It's getting old. And it's like, I have, again, I could sit here for an hour and talk to you about how much I love Helen Ripley and how much I love, um, you know, the, the, the strong character from Terminator two, you know, old, uh, Sarah Connor or whatever. No, there's all these strong female characters in movies that I've adored that have been good writing and good characters, but there are other people that get shine the movie and have their part or whatever, you know, Anyway, but it's just it's two more. It's it's on the nose. It's so anyway, whatever. So you know. I'm, so in this D and D movie, is there bumbling men? Is that part of well, the problem, I, or it is I, the problem? I know you're not going to believe this. Chris Pine is pretty much one of the main characters for sure, and he's a bumbling idiot. But he's kind of a bumbling jackwad or whatever. Now is he a bard? He is. But I kind of know some of the plot, so. I think we're late enough for this. For luckily, spoilers. luckily, he's not your usual horny bard. Or yeah, because he yeah. isn't he trying to get his wife back? Exactly. Along those lines. His, his, so at least he's not the horny bard. Thank yeah. God. And I, I don't know if I should say it, but if, but if, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's it's just nah. I mean, and then again, there was all that stuff in there that like, well, you, they had to have this and you had to do that or whatever. But I do like the barbarian character, Holga. I like the chick that played her and I liked her, you know, and and she's the tough, you know. But then again, the physicality she brought to that part and the fight scenes, it really, it was good. It was good. I mean, she, I liked her as that bard. I mean, as the, as the barbarian, you know, and she was pretty, she really brought, she seemed tough. I mean, you know. Is she the... Lady, that's the tough chick in every movie. Exactly, yeah. So there is, is it that. Michelle Rodriguez. Or yeah, I think so. I'm yeah. sick of her. I don't know why. I know, but yeah. So that was when they're like, "This is the cast." It's like, oh, and tough chick has tough chick. Ugh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which again, it'd be nice to see somebody else maybe get get a role, but whatever, you know. But um, I liked her character probably about the most. You know, um, and actually, you uh, Grant, I've never been a big fan of him. Well, I mean, I don't think I'm spoiling it for anybody. He's he's the villain in this. <gasps> no. Yeah, and and he he actually does a pretty good job being the, you know, the because you know it was kind of toxic, you know, British and all. Yeah. But that's what makes me yeah. think, like you said, it's Ocean's Eleven. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is basically ye old like like it shows you though. I love how the writers, I'm going to piss somebody off here, but here I go. All these writers are out in Hollywood uh, uh, picketing and, and pissed off, but it's like you keep putting out the same stage schlock crap. If people keep you buying it. Eggs, ding, 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 ding. And that's why I'm the first one telling you, if you quit, I love our good old buddy uh, Craig you know, over in Shreveport that's like, it's Star Wars. No, it's just a picture of a camera a turd with flies flying around it, but it says Star Wars on the side of the turd. Then I'll watch it. It's like, quit giving your money to this stuff, you know, and then it'll go, it sucked, and, and I hate what they've done with the, the story. Then quit giving them your money. Yeah. Quit watching it. And it took you me know. probably 30 Marvel movies to get tired of the Marvel movie formula, but yeah. we're pretty much there. I, that's another thing that yeah. I'm starting to get to where it's like I could not care less about the next Marvel movie release oh, or no. TV show. I, I don't care about anything coming out of Marvel, any of that. So, and it's a shame. And what sucks is Netflix was doing a pretty good job with the the properties they had, so of course it got taken away from them and the people that were doing it. Because uh, 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 Power Man and you know which what do they call him by his proper name? Because Luke Cage, Luke Cage, and Luke Cage was great. Daredevil was great. The Punisher was awesome. I really enjoyed those. They did a good job with those. That was some good write, some good writing. Ding ding ding. You know, it's like I don't know. Well, yeah. when nerd culture became culture. Uh-huh. That was probably a bridge too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a shame. Well, everything doesn't have to be a GD and political statement. This is entertainment. I want to be entertained. Just freaking entertain me. Are you not entertained? Yeah, not really, no. Anyway, so enough about that. But like, by all means, we'd be love to hear what you guys think. But overall, I mean, I ain't mad about it, but meh, you know. You I want your refund of nothing? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It didn't cost me anything, so I ain't mad. If I'd paid good money to watch that, I'd be disappointed. You know, but overall, and I mean, someone like, it was great. Eh, meh. Anyway, 
All right. That's my two bits. But maybe it's made for the new school. Well, definitely it's made for the new school. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing is that I get a few of the beats because it's like the, you know, the Forgotten Realms. But, uh, but then again, I'm an old Greyhawk dog. So it's like, meh, you know. But I know for a lot of that, that those people that started playing probably about three or four years behind me, they're like, Forgotten Realms, oh boy, you know. Like, you know, our old buddy, um, um, uh, William Ranto, he's like a big Ed Greenwood fan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I heard, like, there's there's a lot of little callbacks, and that's the part where they got you. Like, one of the teams competing in the Blip Blap games was basically all the kids from the D&D movie. Zing, pow, hey. And then... Um, Which I have to admit, I want those little figures so bad. Oh, yeah. But, hey, protest time. Exactly. Oh, we caught. Yeah, I've seen them, but I'm like, nope, be strong. You know, and that's like a damn twenty-five dollar or something plastic popcorn tub that looks like a D twenty. Everyone was butt ass crazy over that. I'm no. First of all, I'm not gonna spend twenty dollars on some plastic bullshit. But two, I ain't giving them my money. But everybody was crazy on my Facebook feed for about two days. Was like, I gotta have one of those popcorn tubs. Oh, I'd punch a nun for one. You know, I gotta have it. You know, D and D is a brand. That's all it is. It's not a game. It's a, it's brand. a brand. That's right. And that that's what Watsy wants. I mean, I've seen them on. It's on socks now. It's on slippers. It's on PJs. That's when you know something's become too commercialized. But I tell you, anyway, let's go on into our topic. I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing me whinge about the D and D movie. Nah, they tune in to listen to old men complain about <laughs> be a bunch of old grumpy grognards. Stuff, yeah. If it wasn't already taken, yeah, there's already a couple podcasts called Grognard or whatever. Well, as usual, we were special guests at NTRPG. Mm-hmm. Because of our wonderful magnificence, North Texas RPG Con just got back. Whew, good times, good times. Boy, are his arms tired. That's right. I would, didn't. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Anyway, we we got home with our catalytic converters intact. You know, unlike some people. Yeah, God bless them. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, because that's what happened to Gary of all people. What two years ago? God bless Gary. He'd had like the worst weekend possible, and I'm so glad his life has turned around. Things are a lot better. Uh, in his life but I mean that was just the worst weekend and then the turd icing on the cake was something they stole his catalytic converters but anyway the guy was able to get his replaced and it was on his way I saw the post but enough about that um, yeah we, we made it back another great year I think they hit a sales record for them mm-hmm. they were over 500 between walk-ups and everything yeah and I think they said they'll cap their pre-sales at 500 yeah and then they'll still allow some walk-ups. walk-ups yeah but yeah I mean basically they they hit the 500 and, but through walk-ups and everything yeah so I'm happy for them that's a new record they deserve it and it, if they had done this before if, if let's say I would have thought maybe it was because of Joe Manganiello was going to be there or maybe Luke Gygax or something, but those guys didn't show up. So Luckily, Satine did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you saw those pictures. Yeah. So but, we arrived on Wednesday. Yeah. Anything good happen on Wednesday? Uh, I got to play a game and hang out with Chris Clark. We played his game, Who's Your Daddy? Love and, me some Chris Clark. Yeah, you know it. And so we got to play a couple of games. It really is an opportunity of it didn't take 30, 20 minutes to play two rounds of Who's Your Daddy. And then Heather went off for a smoke break, and um, I got the chance to chat with Chris. It was good to talk to him. We yeah. caught up, and I asked how like Jim Ward's doing, that sort of thing. you know. So that was cool. So I got to play the Transformers RPG finally. Right on. Thanks to Paul Smith running a special game just for me. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy who loves suffering. That's right. That's right. So we suffered through the, I think it's Renegade Studios. It's published by Hasbro, of course. Uh, Of course. But why they did not use the 5e game system for it and they created something else completely different, I certainly don't know. I don't know either, bud. That's weird. But Paul did a fine job. I did an incredible job role-playing. So pat on the back, <laughs> but that system was terrible, terrible, terrible. It's a rule with a sub rule with a sub rule with a Ugh. nothing's intuitive. Yay. So I definitely give that five thumbs down. Okay. And I give Paul's game five thumbs up. There you go. Yeah. But it's like the only thing saving it was Paul. I could see that. Totally. So thank you. Thank you for running it. And, uh, I talked to 
I guess it's Drew who ran it at LongCon last time. Yeah. And he's like, I might run it at LongCon for you, but I'll use a different system. Ding, 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 ding. And so. then our buddy Lou Lu said he'd made up a system back in the day. Uh-huh. And I think there's a Savage Worlds variant for it because there there's Savage you. Worlds for everything. Everything, yeah. So I had somebody asking me like, hey, you ran Savage Worlds Fallout at the con. Um, and they were like, do you have the rules for that? And I said, they're on the internet, man. You just got to do a little searching, you know. I've seen rules for Shadowrun because a lot of people have said that your Shadowrun is is a neat idea for a campaign or a system, but those rules are poopy. Ta-da, you know, good old Savage Worlds. But anyway. All right, so does that cover Wednesday pretty well? Yeah, yeah. All right. A a quick aside, some people you might be aware that uh, they did a Shadow Dark RPG recently, had a Kickstarter, and a a Miss Kelsey Dion, who is the author there, uh, you know, did this Kickstarter and it made $1.3 million shadow dark RPG. She was in attendance there at the con and I got to meet her and say hi or whatever. And that was kind of neat. Um, so I'm really tickled for her that, uh, her Kickstarter did so well. And it was really neat that she came out, you know, to North Texas amongst other things. Yeah. Everybody was taking pictures with her. She was the big celebrity. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, because how awesome is that? That I know that she's ever done a Kickstarter before, and her very first one makes one point three million dollars. The only thing better than that is John Watson's Hell Train is almost up at seven k now. And that was my thing I was going to mention. Yeah, our good friend John Watson has doing a Kickstarter for an adventure he wrote for uh, Weird Frontiers, which is a you know uh, it uses the DCC mechanics. Um, but yeah, Hell Train is an adventure that he premiered at uh, the 2019 Long Con, and he's been playtesting it since then. He's ran it numerous times, and now it's finally coming, all coming to fruition. His Kickstarter's up and running. It's over seven thousand. I want us to to help kick it to get that next stretch goal. Um, give John and that Hell Train as much love as you can because John's a great guy, one of the just best people we know. And uh, and it's a really great adventure, and he's and uh, I think the cool stretch goal coming up is if we pass it, David Betty's going to write an encounter at seventy five. Yeah, think. yeah. So we're right there close. So let's try to push push John over the edge there. And I mean, even if you were someone who's like, well, I don't do weird frontiers, it's a really cool module. You could use it in other you know similar weird west systems or whatever. And just, you know, this is John's first just effort. Do it. Just, just do it. it. Just on. support it. Come on, man. But no, it really is cool. It's got great artwork, great writing. Um, because this isn't this is his first Kickstarter, but John's actually been writing for RPGs for years. He's written for Weird Frontiers. He's written for um oh uh, what's the system? Torg. Torg. He's written for some other things and stuff. So no, this is not he's he he has that he has a record of, of quality, so Definitely throw him throw him some love. So yeah, we're talking about Wednesday night, um, Thursday night, Thursday actually. I ran uh, my long hack. So I suppose if it's the long hack, that means I get fifty percent of the profits. Well, duh, it, it's going to be. I un- love that. That's what I say. It's going to be under our imprint, you know. But uh, I play tested it, and for the players that weren't on their phone, I got some really good feedback. And uh, some good interaction with the system, and and you know what I found? Jason has got some really Jason Lilly's, you know, some great input and great insight. And he and he pointed out some stuff because he he gets it. He's like, you want this to be as elegant as possible, and went right. And he goes, well, consider combining that into one dice roll. And he had it, and right on the he came with a cool dynamic. I'm going to use it. It's brilliant because I had it kind of like, well, you turn the creature like you have to roll under your presence to turn them. Like as the as the the priest, the hospital or whatever. But then, like each creature would get like a will save, and he's like, "Nah, nah, nah, that's complicated. That bogs things down." He's like, "Just how about for 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 every point they exceed the presence check by, that's one more creature that you turn." I said, "I love that. It's all in one dice roll. Very elegant." So me, I'm gonna start picking Jason's brain. I got his mm-hmm. email address, and he said, "I've got some ideas also for how you might could put a little." Look, zhuzh up my um, 
my tournament game, and he even had a cool idea. I'm not going to share it here, but it's something to where you can't. It could be stolen. Exactly. But I've, he gave me a cool idea for something I might might grow out of that tournament game. That's mm. DCC specific. Mm. Kind of interesting. And I get fifty percent. It's going to be under our imprint. So Yay. yeah, there we go. All right. So that was that was the long hack. But like overall, uh, that's something that I look. I'm going to put a little art on it. Kind of get that looking nice priorities first. I got to work, finish uh, ca- caverns. But after that or concurrently, I'm going to get this looking good. And we might put it out there free as a PDF or something on the long con site. And then we might do some digest size prints of it hmm. to have available on the table when, at our con and at North Texas and stuff. That's kind of a, that's just in the back of my head something there so anyway you got a lot of harassment for caverns of the dead god this weekend i got a poop ton of harassment about caverns so did it have any effect again as heather i'm proud of her she's already you know getting to be that good one that's backs you know behind every great man she's like she said i've i've got it there i'm just waiting on art and my artist i hope he doesn't listen to podcast because bruh you're dragging your feet if you are listening i'm 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 actually looking at other artists now because it's been like a month so think about it. so that means i sent off this a month ago to get artwork and i've not heard anything i'm patient and i've been busy con prep but now i'm going to start reaching out to some other artists and, and lou alu gave me some more artist names too so he did john gave me some names Beatty, you know gave me some more names so and I even found a guy myself on Facebook that I really liked his style. And he's out of, you know, I don't know, Brazil or something or Portugal, but somewhere. But yeah, that guy's got some cool looking art and he and I've been talking. So, you know, this is why you don't put all your eggs in one basket, gang. And so, yeah, uh, look look for that to be coming before too long. I'm excited about Caverns. I got a lot of good energy from people really encouraging me and, and pushing me this weekend. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what did you do Thursday? I got to run yet another playtest of Horde Crawl or Dungeon Dwelling Creatures Dungeon or, Dwelling Creatures. or whatever the name turns into in the next 10 minutes. Hey guys, you know, if you can think of a cool name for a game that's Dungeon Crawl Classics that the concept is you're playing as the monsters. Send it to. Yeah, send it on in. 101 Walla Walla, Washington. That's right, exactly. Share it somewhere where we might see it. Email it to us because you know our email. Yep. Yep. So that is John Watson of Hell Train fame uh-huh. and Mai's little baby. Uh, baby. And we got to play with the lilies. Uh huh. So they went straight from your game into my game mm-hmm. and they could not stop raving about how much better it was. I was I, like, come on, surprised. guys. Not surprised at all. You're going to hurt Matt's feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm over here crying. But the. Wendigo class, mm-hmm. which is basically a ghoul, yeah, with some things, and the hag mm-hmm. really stood out to me in that game. They really shone, and and that was out of all the the plays. It seemed like because that's the one I kept sneaking around the corner and and checking on y'all. You looked like you were having a lot of fun that night. This when you were running on the you know one table and John was on the other table. Yeah, in, in the li- in the library. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you I could tell you really enthused. You were getting some good energy, good feedback. Absolutely. So that one was really good. And it does seem like different characters get the spotlight. Like you'll be like, oh man, in this game, the Dybbuk did everything. They were just, oh. Mm-hmm. And then in that one, it was like, well, between the Hag and the Wendigo, mm-hmm. the Hag was sort of the team leader. Mm-hmm. And the Wendigo just killed everything that got in their way. Yeah, it's kind of like when we were playtesting Weird Frontiers. I thought the Gunslinger was a bit strong, but that's just it. He's the combat monster. He's the thing. Well, the Wendigo, again, he's your combat monster. So in combat, he's going to outshine everybody. But then outside of combat, wah, wah. And that's only fair because actually people would go, well, I should have all these bells and whistles outside of combat. Well, then you wouldn't get to be that much of a combat beast. There's got to be that fair balance. So in combat, yeah, the Wendigo's a brute. And, I mean, still the player playing them could be effective outside of combat with good input. But as far as abilities that shine outside combat, yeah, that's things like the Hag, the Dybbuk, you know, the Goblin can spot traps on stuff. So, I mean, you can't do it all. But, no, the Wendigo is a highly effective class. And I, day one I spotted, woo, this is, this is your combat beast. And it really is. If you want to, like, you're the guy who, like, you know, my, you, you, you're, you're measuring stick for a fun, effective character is the guy that's going to put the beat downs, play the Wendigo, you know. Yeah. And then – I think they might have had the orc and the Wendigo together, and it was just like, all right, oh yeah, you got team uh, what, what fight and bite 
is yeah. what I was calling them. <laughs> and yet the orc's no no slouch either. Yeah, because right know. now the orc has a feature where if he gets hit on the next turn, he gives out that much damage plus. Yeah, like if you send him into a rage. Yeah, yeah. but if he takes 10 points, he's going to give 10 points plus wow. back on his next one. Dang, ouch. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So he's That's not tough. screwing around. No, then the orc's not a, yeah, the orc's pretty tough too. But it's just the Wendigo's bite, whatever damage he inflicts with a bite, the idea is that he uses that, that tissue to heal himself. That So if he got, took a big bite, it's a big heal. So the idea is that he doesn't have to be looking around to the, the imp or whatever going, hey, throw me a heal, bruh. He consider biting heal himself in combat. So that's, that's what kind of helps him shine. But the orc's cool too. But the orcs went through some iterations and changes. And I last time I remember when Heather was playing the orc at Long Con, you had kind of somewhat of a deed die. I hate to call it that. It's not a deed die, but it is a deed die. Yeah, but a brute die. The brute die. And that was kind of interesting. And then um, it seemed like you had like a war cry or intimidate, mm-hmm. where either you inspire your allies or you intimidate your foes, something like that. I can't remember, which I think that's cool. You know, anyway. So that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And that was. What we did on Thursday. Yeah. And then Friday, as usual, our con, their con. On Fridays, I do a tournament game. And we had a delicious special guest lunch. Yeah, we did. We had our, our special guest lunch, which was very thoughtful of them to have that for us. We had some fajitas, which were muy delicioso. And, um, yeah, yeah. And then I... Enough said. Well... I had a good talk with... Uh, Tom Wilson. And Bad Mike. And, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Was Lou in there with that for part of that? I no. don't think so. No. We we had come through, and we were going to sit down at the table with, uh, it was Ben Burns, Bad Mike, and was it Bill Barsh? And uh, Ben was just teasing, but Ben Burns said something snarky, and we just said, you know what, forget you. We walked over and plopped down at the other table, and they're like, oh, come on, guys. Like, they want to sit there, and we're like, nope. The moment's gone. Well, then Tom Wilson popped down beside us, which he does ShireCon up in Connecticut. Yep. And he's also, he does like a lot of those. Uh, base X. Base X. You know, it's a lot of really cool zines. And I own a number of post-APOC adventures he did that are great. I mean, really great. So check out Tom Wilson. I want to think, gosh, his imprint is, uh, I feel bad. Sorry, Tom. I can't think of it right now. But no, Tom Wilson Great stuff. Thoey Games, right? Thoey Games, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's got like the logo is like that. It looks like a, a, like a Roman coin with like, you know, one of the emperor's heads on it or something like that. But super great guy, like volunteer fireman, you know, just always. He's someone early on gave me a lot of good tips and encouraged me like, you know what, you should, you know, you should do, you know, do something, you know, print something, make something. That was Years ago. Super great guy. So we got to have lunch with him. And uh, ShireCon, I think he said, was expanding to a whole day and a half. Half set of a day. Yeah. And so once the other, once uh, Bill and uh, Ben jumped away from their table, yeah, Bad Mike came over and plopped down because he wanted to sit with the cool kids. And Mm -hmm. we chatted up. And and you know what? I know I don't get the chance to really talk much with Mike. I was really tickled this year. He and I had more interaction, and we it was it was enjoyable. It was nice. It's 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 good because you know we got to know Doug really well from our trip to Wisconsin, but I've never you know had a chance to really have as much interaction with Mike. So it's kind of nice, and uh, and Mike's a good guy, Mm -hmm. you know. Got to see our friend James Raggy. (laughs) <laughs> Somehow I didn't get a chance to talk to him this weekend. Uh-huh. He, yeah, as as he came in, we walked out. It was almost like, uh, you know, I laughed. I came over to his table and then I realized who he was. But I pointed at what's that adventure, Frost Frank Doom or whatever. Yeah, and uh, I pointed at it and I just did the the no 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 gesture like, Mm-mm. no, I just walked off. You know, like uh, that adventure. Anyway. You loved it. Yeah. Um, so let me think. So what, so what did you, you ran Horde Crawl Classic again Friday. Mm-hmm. So and what did you do on Friday? Did we, we haven't discussed that. Yet. Oh yeah. I, I did my tournament game. We talked game. about lunch. Yeah. Did my tournament game. And uh, normally I, I, I do my tournament games in like the last slot of the day. But luckily for me this year, I did mine like one to five. Man, pure genius. Um, really great. And so everybody was still kind of awake, had some energy, maybe post lunch, maybe not. They were a little sluggish. I don't know. But anywho, um, 
I had what was it eight players. I, I generally allow. I don't I don't like a lot of people at my table, but for a tournament game, yeah, the more is the merrier. So I had eight players. Everybody showed up. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, there were some fun surprises. I did it in like three phases, and I and I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to play test any of this. So I was worried about the pacing in a four hour slot. This was great. Uh, I had a trophy for first place and some cool ribbons for second and third. Uh, it was really neat because a lot of times I worry. You can kind of see where it's going. Like the guy who's in the lead halfway through, he's probably going to carry it to the end. No, this was very topsy-turvy, but that's because you didn't just get stamps from kills or, you know, from like surviving an encounter and then eventually you die and you get that dead stamp. You also got stamps each round for finding Dreadrock or finding one of the treasure chests. And the treasure chests were just out on the board, so people were like racing to get to them. And when someone died, the 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 the, the the, you know, the dread rock and the treasure chest would be right there on the board and people would, would diverge from where they're going. And I had sewer entrances. So you could go into a sewer entrance and test your luck. If you passed, you pop out at the other sewer entrance the next turn or whatever. If you fail, some rats jump in the sewers, which you might survive and you'll get that survival stamp. So it was really fast and furious, but there were way more stamps this year. Mm-hmm. I like David said, what do we do when we fill up? And I said, we're going to turn the sheet over. We luckily we didn't have to turn the sheet over, but we I've never filled all those stamp slots on the big full page tourney sheet. We had every spot stamped. And so anyway, yeah, it was fast, it was furious, and we saw some flip-flops and back and forth. So it was, I kind of liked that. There was something beyond just survival, and uh, and so it was cool, you know. Um, normally, I don't do a lot of terrain or a lot of miniatures or something per se, but this year, I've got you a bunch did. of old tabletop wargaming terrain. And it, I had to bundle up in plastic crates, but it's light, you know, it's terrain. But I, I had the table covered in terrain, and in between rounds, I go, all right, everybody take a five-minute break. I would change the board up and add some pieces and take pieces off, because like, like the first one was supposed to be Executioner Square. I had on the board a hangman's noose, a guillotine, um, uh, the the thing you put your head and your arms through. What was that thing? The I can't think of it. Like the stock. The stocks. Yeah, I had like a set of the stocks out there. Funny story. I didn't think about this until just now as we're talking. One guy thought it was cute. He actually like stuck his neck. Like he took his little character and put it through. Like, here, here, I'm going to chop my own head off. Well, then I said, hey, um, he was something occurred that really did call for a luck check. I said, ah, give me a luck check. He rolled a 20. I went, ah, you know what? You actually did cut Shink. your head off. Shink. And so he dropped. He was carrying a treasure twist and like two dread rock. So now there was like all this loot there by the, the guillotine. Yeah. I was, so people were running to get to it and I was like, all right, you got five minutes left in this round. Let's see if you can get to the loot and get it in your hand. Cause there at one point where Gus got greedy, he had two treasure chests and a dread rock. Well, I, the chest slowed you down. So I said, well, you're at half move for the one chest. Second chest, you're at like one third movement, right? I mean, you're just barely moving five feet. Well, there was a well and I said, up, oh, you look down in it. Yeah, oh, cool. You see some dread rock down there. He dives in to get it. And something got him and he drowned. And so by the time another character got on the board and was trying to make it there, I'd already said like five, then, minutes. We, five minutes were done at the end of this round. He was like five feet shy of getting to those chests and that dread rock. So, I mean, he would have had three more stamps. Nope. You know, so anyway, it was, it was really, it was, it was interesting. So like, like I said, first round was executioner square. Second phase was graveyards. So I had a bunch of tombstones and a cool, diorama thing you know life size that they can move their character into that was like you know broken into a um, mausoleum with a hero's grave in it and this is all stuff that i made myself a hand that looks really cool and so the necromancers like the first phase the pop-up monsters are like rats and goblins and giant spiders you know this the ones that are pretty good size like the size of a dog phase two is you know the graveyard the necropolis so of course when you trigger a monster it was zombies skeletons and there was a small chance for like a ghoul which is pretty tough for zero little characters um but then like i said about three rounds into the goblin spider one a troll shows up and just starts wandering the board just wrecking house three rounds into the graveyard a necromancer shows up that has this long range necrotic blast or whatever all right third phase there are some cultists in the middle of the board and there's this really cool, you've seen my little bloody chaos shrine or whatever. And there's a sacrifice on it. Well, I was like, I wonder if the players will figure this out. 
well, I, I kind of put out hints that there's some chanting and there's that the main cultist leader chick. Oh, she's, you know, doing her thing. Well, like they have three rounds of disrupted. If they don't disrupt it, a demon shows up because, you know, it's like three rounds and every time some big bad shows up, well, they could disrupt it, but she's kind of tough to beat her. So a guy came up and she was just going to grab the sacrificial offering. What he didn't know is I was going to give a stamp for somebody that, you know, got her and kept her safe, or whatever. But then he didn't disrupt the ritual, even though he grabbed the sacrifice, the demon showed up and he went and engaged the demon. The, the, I mean, you're a zero level character. I mean, he hit it, which I was impressed. Like he rolled like a 19. I went, you know what? You hit him. Generate damage with your staff. Two points. Yeah. You hit the thing in the end of its nose and it just kind of looks at you like, really? And then, blap, you know. Anyway, but it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. So, anyway, the, so you had a good hordes game Thursday. What about Friday? No bueno. No bueno. Womp, womp. Not everybody hits a home run every time they go up to bat. Yeah. But so there was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You ran it all three days, right? Yeah. Didn't you? So thir- what would you Two say? Two home was, runs. So, so Thursday Two was a home run. and a, uh, what do you call it? A ball to the balls. Uh-oh. Oof. Pitch into the sack. Pitch into the sack. Ouch. But, like I said, not all of them are home runs. Thursday was good. Saturday was good. But Friday was kind of no bueno. Yep. All right. All right. One thing is sandboxes. Uh huh. As much as I think me and you love a sandbox, and if somebody said just go do your thing, At we'd be con? like hooray. Yeah. But for that one, that there was a lot of indecision, and I see that so many times. It's like I'm not doing that. I, this is just yeah. not going to work. Well, at, at, when you have a fixed time, like if it's a home campaign. So sandbox is brilliant at a con game where you have that limited time you got to lead them by the nose a little bit you know you well, can't there was give them no freedom. like you got to get this done within this amount of time it's like if you want to do something go for it yeah but the problem with that is you see this analysis paralysis that we've seen out of people and it's a shame but because not everybody that's not their strength and i think i don't know people are are so worried they're going to make the wrong decision or something i don't know but anyway and we were kind of writing the rules there because we had a lot of game designers at the table. That's so true. there was some of that. And we actually had, for the first time that I've ever done it, we had the Dybic rolling to possess bodies. Uh-huh. The Dybic could not freaking that, get any successes. Well, it was so painful. Was that Ron? Yeah. And see, I tell you, poor Ron. Everybody, you know, reach out to Ron. Give him your sympathy. The man's dice were cold the whole con. He was um, in my tournament games. He'd never seen so many ones when you want to roll a 20 and so many 20s when you want to roll a one. I'd be like, test your luck, 20, or like swing to hit, one. I mean, you know, fumbles and, I mean, like literally there was a deal where when you grab a piece of dread rock, there's a chart you roll on, basically like a luck check, and if you roll like a, like a nat one, like – you might gain an extra luck or some positive mutation as the, the stone mutates you. But if you roll 20, you just rapidly, wildly mutate and you just explode in a screaming wild of flesh. Guess who was the first person to get that effect picking up Dreadrock? Poor Ron. Ron, his, just, his dice were, his dice totally betrayed him. You know? God so bless the good him. thing about that game, though, was I corrected for the next one. You learned. Yep. Basically, just no roll. It just, it just works, kind of. And that's cool. And there might be some sort of middle ground, but, you know. And no sandbox in the beginning. Yeah, you Because it was like, oh, you get about an hour of sandbox, and then we'll find the plot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that probably helped, too, for the next one. So Saturday, I did my... Oh, you forgot the DCC meetup. Oh, that's Friday true. Night. I forget. Friday night with the DCC meetup, which you got to love this guy. It was his idea, his, his brainchild. He sets the whole thing up. He gets there. He's initially officiating, throws out some great topics, and then he disappears. Poof. Poof. What is it? Magic man. Um, now you see me, now you don't. But no. Uh, when you do everything right, they won't be sure you did anything at all. That's right. But no, I think it went well. We had a lot of fun. After you left, I threw out a few topics and... You know, we just talked about some general gaming stuff, but di- I definitely try to keep the focus on DCC and people try to start that whole poop on other games. So I'm like, well, let's keep this positive and not worry about the deficiencies of other games, but what makes DCC great. And I laughed. Beatty was like, I hope you'll invite me next time. We we're like, no, nah, he knew about it one and two. He passed through three and four times, you know, and we would, we'd all clap and draw attention to him as he passed through. Like, yeah, we see you not joining in on this, you know. He's but, made know. his money. He doesn't care about the little people anymore. Exactly, exactly. Too funny. Um, so Saturday. Saturday, like I said, I ran Savage Worlds Fallout. 
and there's no official fallout rules, but if you'll do a little digging on the internet, you can find two or three different people have made rules through the years. I twist, tinkered with it a little bit to kind of bring it up to date for Suede, the current version of Savage Worlds. And the players had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Um, I've got a bunch of miniatures I've collected through the years. Like the game, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, Modifius, whatever, the current holder of the license for making RPGs. I don't know about their 2D20 system. John Watson was telling me, oh, it's a great system. I was like, well, you'll have to run something and I'll try it. But until then, I know Savage Worlds and it's an easy fit. And uh, But I ran it in Savage Worlds. And so the funny thing I was telling Eddie was half the people at the table who signed up for this game had never played Savage Worlds. So that kind of <clears throat> throws a little wrench in the works because you have to spend a cer certain amount of the game time explaining Savage World dynamic. And then the other half of the people had never played Fallout before and had no idea about that pro that property. So there were certain concepts that I had, was leaning into that I'd have to stop to kind of explain to people. Like when they met the, the, the Brotherhood of Steel, they were like, okay. But some people were like, I don't trust him. And like, don't hide your technology from them like they ah you know but the other ones were like huh what you know or should we trust him or not you know and i'm like well let me give you a little background on the brotherhood of steel you know some people think they're here to help some people really think they're uh you know busy bodies out of you know it's form your own opinion anyway but uh so but it was it was fun i used like I said, I bought these miniatures through the years from Modifius, and then I found you could just, for those who might be interested, you can now find a lot of these same miniatures on Etsy for like one-tenth of the price, and they look great, good resin cast. So you want some super mutants, mutant dogs, uh, the Dreadclaw, that stuff, whereas you would spend a mint the Modifius, you can get dirt cheap on Etsy. So FYI. But yeah, had a good game, had a lot of fun. And all these games I ran at Long at, at uh, North Texas, I'm going to run them again at Long Con. <gasps> so FYI, and I'll even have more terrain for my tournament game, and I will have tweaked, you know, because these were all kind of play tests at their con. Oops. So I will have refined some of this, and it'll be even better at Long Con. FYI, okay, good, your Saturday yeah, game. Speaking of play tests, I've got yeah. a whole future of <laughs> horde crawl, dungeon-dwelling creatures ahead of me. Right, so right, right. That may be all I'm running for the foreseeable future. Sure, you want to make it the best game you can be. Yeah. And I've had the benefit, because yeah, he's my bud, of, of helping him play tests. I've played two or three games now. I've had fun every time. Absolutely every time. I've had a lot of fun. It's it really, And each of the classes has got a very unique flavor. I mean, genuinely, gen, I mean that genuinely. It's, it's, there's, so far, I've not seen any class that I wouldn't want to play, and that speaks volumes from yeah. if you knew me. And you don't you know. want it to be, this is, the samey, orc is samey. just the fighter reskinned or whatever. It's like, oh, instead of a mighty deed, he has a brutal deed or something. It's, yeah, like, it's like, I want it to feel different. Like a yeah. hag doesn't feel like a wizard. No, no. No, she's because she's got curses and she's got a, sel a select set of spells that are more typical to hag, manipulative, not direct boom, blast or whatever, you know. Yeah. But like we've even talked about maybe adding in a class that is more of a direct, just strictly blaster, boom, boom. a boom, boom caster. But I like that the hag is herself more subtle and more manipulative and enchantments and charms and stuff and curses that totally sounds like a hag to me so you can see eddie and john have really put thought into this and and it's it's yeah it's really good so on my third game the second game went so so well that yeah. i was like maybe i'll run a, a module an existing module instead because that mm -hmm. is something i've wanted to do to see yeah. how it works that way and then I started reading it, and I was like, no, this isn't the one. And besides, if you know anything about me, I'm ornery enough that I have to prove my point that this works well. <laughs> Obstinate. I was like, no, this will work. This I will, will be well-received. And it did need the tiebreaker. Uh -huh. It's like, well, I've got good, this one good run of it here at the con and this one not-so-good run, so I need uh -huh. the third one to to validate it or invalidate it, yeah. so to speak. Well, at least you could leave on a high note. You know? uh -huh. Yeah. Well, I think if I had run a module, that would have been the safe thing to do where it's uh -huh. like, oh, okay, this is, it, it'll, it'll work. Uh -huh. Whereas if it's like, if it's something that I'm making up, uh -huh. then it's like, okay, let's see if it's actually uh -huh. doing it or not. So, uh, for people like Lou that got to play in that awesome Saturday game, uh -huh. what I did instead of having any sandbox uh -huh. at the very beginning is you're in the moat house and there are bandits that are camping out above you uh -huh. that are not affiliated. You need to run them off. 
So go take care of them because we don't want them attracting the authorities here and uh -huh. discovering this secret lair here. There's uh -huh. a lot of bigger evil here that we don't want this minor evil setting it off. Yeah, because who, who's the guy in the law like, down? So and so the beautiful. I can remember Lareth or whatever. Mm -hmm. Lareth the beautiful, you know. So Lareth has then sent the word down. Get rid of these bandit scrubs, you know. Yeah, so, so I hadn't had that go. Fantastic. Awesome. So the hag went up there and charmed the bandit and then charmed the bandit leader. <laughs> it was really funny. You hear me giggling to myself. He's <laughs> like, go and tell your men there's a fire drill. Drop all your stuff and run away as fast as you can. So they're like, okay, because the boss has absolute control. They're not going to stand up to him if he says, yeah. you know, the sky is falling. They're going to run. They're not going to screw around. Yeah. So they start running, and then all the monsters come in and just lay waste to them. Oh, wow. And they've got all that gear now. So they geared themselves up in a hurry. That's neat. See, that's great. That's great. And I bet. So, so who was on that table? Would I know anybody on that table? Yeah, you know uh, Matt. So, yeah. so many mats. Yeah, too many. But I don't like to drop too many mats yeah. in case people want their privacy. Like, I don't want anybody to know I'm a gamer. Oh, sure, sure. That's fine. Matt P with um, all the other mats uh, and stuff and his wife. Uh, and uh, we had a lovely time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were they were supposed so to be in my Fallout game, but yeah, it's a long story. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like a nice enough guy. I, I Facebook befriended him, you know. He, well, he played the hag, and he did a great job with it. But that was all charm, 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 charm. So mm -hmm. kind of like Saturday night, it was like, where's the blasting of the hag? This yeah. was the opposite where it's like, look how broken this is with all these charms. And yeah. I was like, exactly. No, I, I've had a charm. Well, I've ran Caverns of the Dead God numerous, numerous times. Ample play testing. You're welcome. And uh, one time, a caster out of the pregens had charm, broke that damn dungeon. Broke that damn dungeon. In a dungeon. Yeah, broke it. a lot of times, as a heroic character, mm -hmm. you can't go around throwing charm willy-nilly. Right. Because that's like, they'll realize you did this later, or you're kind of screwing them over when you do it. Yeah. But if you're already a monster, yeah, you it's like, so yeah, what? Whatever. Yeah, no, it's, that's brilliant. That's great. So I'm tickled that he had that and leaned into it and made it work for him. That's that's great. The goblins set some traps. Cool. So the first part of it was go kill these bandits. The second part of it was go get us a gem for this ritual we're going to conduct. Mm -hmm. So they went and took out the jewelers. Oh, wow. But I, I don't think they killed anybody. I think they just charmed their way in and out. And Isn't that, that great? was that. So, so if you, if that was their Ocean's Eleven. But wasn't it great that if you want, and I like this, it goes to show there's people that we've had some concern, or I have, and I don't assume Eddie has too, that like, you know, you're you're playing the bad guys in a in a game. Yeah, that can go a lot of different ways. And I guess if you had the right group or wrong group or whatever at your house, and it's a private setting, and you do what you want, and no one feels uncomfortable, you can go full on scumbag. But I'm tickled to know that they're playing the bad guys, but they still didn't kill anybody. You know, like yeah. you know, and if they had, well, you are the bad guys. But it's cool that they got to be the bad guys, but they didn't. You know, we wantonly burn the whole. We're, we're gonna go burn the orphanage down and kill all the nuns. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it wasn't that kind of game. And then the final challenge mm -hmm. was uh, for this ritual, we need the blood of a hero. Oh, my. So even then, they were like, well, they just said we need the blood. That doesn't mean we have to kill them. Right. So they went and engaged in battle with the ever-famous Elmo, Elmo. I was waiting for that. Who is a known force of good. So uh -huh. he's a known, he, they he's know about a hero, him. yeah. So they go and set a trap for him. They're like, we're going to put this like broken glass out and set his house afire. You always, you have to poison somebody and you have to set their house on fire oh, yeah. when you play Horde Crawl here. I love it, yeah. I love when the first thing in our mouth is like, can we get poison? Where can we get poison? That's always the first, every game I've played where can we it, get interesting poison? Interesting to think that as soon as like, well, I'm embracing the villain role, then poison is on the table, you know, yeah. But that's the thing. You don't yeah. get to use poison that much. You don't yeah. get to charm that much. Uh -huh. So even this... The standard stuff that's always there, mm -hmm. you actually get to use it for a chance. You get to roll monster crit table. Oh wow, cool! And so that's all a good crit those table. things, yeah. yeah, undead crits. Ooh, undead. Ooh, those are nasty. You ooh. actually get to use them. Yeah, that's that's nasty. Undead crits are nasty. Yeah. So, yeah, for that one though, they're just like, well, we'll set his house on fire, and he'll come running out in his nightgown, basically, yeah. and he'll get on this glass. We'll come back later and get some of that glass into story. No encounter required. Yeah. Well, you know, the old Michael Curtis said, if you can keep the dice out of the game master's hand, and that was it. They were like, yeah, let's let's end this with all of our hit points intact. Boy, won't that that's a win. Like, looky there. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So they tried it. Mm -hmm. He wasn't home. 
Uh-oh. So about the time they set his fire out and his family's running out uh-huh. into this trap. And stepping it's like that. Like, yeah. So here he came. But they were like, which one of these is Elmo when they came running out of the house? They're like, maybe the girl is Elmo. So uh, they collected blood. They didn't kill anybody. They just kind of like scratched everybody to get blood from them. Uh-huh. And then when old Elmo showed up and says, what's going on? They get a scratch off of him and they're like, ding, we checked it. They're like, let's give this guy, let's fight with him about a round or two and see how it goes. <laughs> uh, and they did. And they're like, this is not our day. So we run away. Yeah. But they had accomplished the mission. And, and they had enough sense to run away from superior force. Because nowadays people are like, well, the GM wouldn't throw something else. We're not meant to fight. Uh, wrong. I think if they stood, had stayed around, though, they would have taken him out, even though this is like, you but, know, your He-Man. But at what price would they have possibly taken some casualties, though? You know, but It's yeah. possible, but yeah. they may have had the Wendigo and the Orc, too. Oh, yeah. But, well. you know, the Orc is healing back what it's doing. So yeah. And then, uh, oh, they had the grafted... Ooh, they got to yeah. use that one. Yeah, the new grafted. And the hag had enlarged them. Ooh. The hag was going around enlarging everybody. So oh. it was like, Mwah. you guys that, could probably yeah, no. win this fight. Enlarge is cool. I, I love, I was telling the story about at, at one year at North Texas, I was playing an oxymoron, a giant dwarf. Someone in at large and got a really good role on the dwarf. That dwarf was wrecking house. He was a 10-foot tall dwarf. Just bah, 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 you know, it was great. That's awesome. Well, and it helps. You want the shrewd player playing the caster. And when they do, it's all good. And that's why a lot of people go, ah, I want to play a wizard. You can play one, but the people that shine at it, that are really good, that's... And it, the two games that uh, went the best were ones where somebody kind of stepped up and took the lead. Yeah. Like, I think we should do this. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's where maybe it's sad to say, but you might at a different con look around and go, all right, who wants to be my caller? You're basically going to be the de facto leader of sorts, like collect the data from the group, what they want to do, but then go, all right, here's the plan to implement it. As much as people say they don't want to be railroaded, they want to be railroaded. Exactly. People want to be led by the nose. But a good time was had by all, so Mm -hmm. it was a success. Good. Uh, John Watson really got the fire for it again. He ran several games of it. He had one where he had, I think, three orcs on the table. Wow. And the way we've got it right now is they the more orcs you have, the more powerful their some of their skills are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was like, man, they were just lighting things up. Mm-hmm. And I think the hag was the leader on that table, mm-hmm. which was Ian. Well, it seems like the hag or the imp should just sort of be the leader anyway. I call it the imp. It's really the fiend because they started out as a what? What are they? what's their first iteration? Is it Lemur? Yeah, it seems like it, but yeah, first they're a Lemur, then they're an imp. The then, little slug man. Then they eventually become like a barb devil or whatever. Succubus something. or yeah. incubus. Succubus is in there somewhere, yeah. Chain devil. Yeah, that's cool. Which is, yeah, you're getting that's up there be... then. We're going to wreck. Yeah. But no, it's it's like I said, each of these classes has got so much flavor. The grafted's kind of cool, but the only thing that's like, there were people that were kind of, well, you want them to experiment with it, but they went a little crazy with it. And so their characters died. Yeah. Well, we had one in this one that grafted a dog head onto the end of their arm. So they had a bite attack instead, and they were already three-armed. Uh-huh. So I think they had ended up getting one of the bandit's arms, which was a little bit stronger to give them a strength bonus. Uh-huh. So they had a two-handed attack and a bite every round. Wow, that's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. But so, but like the But the controlling factor there is you have to make some sort of a system shock save, and if you fail yeah. it, you, you die. die. That's kind of tough. So, but it keeps it old school. Yep, yep, yep. That's why you have to really ask yourself: Do I want that bite attack or that third arm or, or third leg or whatever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Use your third arm. Exactly. Um. Cool. So, so that, then comes the best day of the con ever. Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, where people are running away as fast as they can. Yeah, I laugh because there are people that were like, hey, I'm in the bar on Sunday night. No one's here. Yeah, we took our asses home. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know about these people that are like, ah, I stayed over till Monday. Good for you. But no, come Sunday, this one jetted home. Lucky rascal. He was here probably by what, 10? Yeah, I yeah. left the con at, I think, 8. So yeah. I apologize that I didn't get to say goodbye to everybody. Yeah. But that got me home by 10, which was like getting a bonus day. Oh, yeah. And plus, I didn't have to ride home with Matt. Exactly. And we had ample room for stuff in the back seat. By the way, I've got your sunglasses. Good. Uh, yeah. but uh, And my carnage. That's right. 
But needless to say, yeah, we I packed everything up at our table and said the goodbyes and shook the hands and then you know took off myself. Me and Heather, we had but a pleasure. You guys didn't make it home till three, right? Yeah, well, we stopped for some Freddy burgers and all that, which is good. I stuff. knew Matt would want to do some meandering, so oh, I was yeah. like, "We'll both enjoy this better if yeah. we split at the end here." Right, right. We rode in together, but separate vehicles on the home, which which worked out best for everybody. But just a couple comments, remarks about from the con. We barely got to hang out at this con. Yeah, that's what's crazy it. is I've been so busy with con prep and work and everything. My old buddy, I haven't got to hang out with him much the last month or so. And usually, if we hang out, we put microphones in front of our faces. Yeah, exactly. So that's and so if that, you ain't getting your podcast, that probably means we ain't seeing yeah, each other. I had people coming up and going, "Hey, man, is the podcast still going?" I said, "My apologies, but we just haven't had chance to hang out." And that's a lot of times. We would have these kind of conversations and go, man, you know, we should record this. Well, here we are. It's like you sitting here with us while we're getting, getting to catch up. Well, uh, anyway, to my point was, yeah, like one day at the con, one morning, we both got down to the booth kind of early. And that's the only time at the con we really got to talk. We sat there for about an hour, hour and a half chit-chatting as people passed by our, our desk. But that we didn't hardly really get to hang out even at the con. We were so busy. But, um, but anyway, I was going to say one of the most flattering things I heard last weekend when I was with an earshot and people were trying to describe long con, they would say, it's just like this con, just half as big, which I take as a real compliment because that's that's what we always aim for. We want to be like NTRPG and we aim to be about their cap is 500, our cap is 250. And so really that was very flattering and I appreciate it. I mean, a number of people when they would go, hey, this is Matt from Long Con, and they turn to the person they're talking to, they're introducing me to, and they go, oh, Long Con, you know, oh, yeah, we're in Longview, and the person who's interested would go, yeah, I mean, I heard it more than once, like, their con's just like this, only half as big, so that was kind of nice. Because I don't think there are that many RPG-focused cons, you can get a no. Comic-Con or whatever, oh, yeah, the everything everywhere, con, yeah, those are, yeah, there's way too many of those, but that those are people that they're smart. They're trying to make money doing this stuff. We're not trying to make money, you know. We oh, speaking of how much we're not trying to make money, uh-huh. bury this way at the back of the podcast because we didn't say it already. Oh crap! Yeah, if you book your, if you buy your badge this month, this month June, the first 100 when we get 100 people, we'll do a drawing and someone will get a free room for the con yeah free room for the con man okay, that's for your room that's pretty awesome so you know if if so it if we sell 100 before the end of the june and we're already at 42 last time i looked earlier today it's actually higher because we've got john watson's hell train people that's true so if but, you back but hell then, train but, but you're then, not in yet but, then but ag- you'll be in in a couple of days but then again we shouldn't really put those in that hundred should we? yeah we should Okay, fair enough. They're paying. John Watson is that's paying true. for those that's badges. True. So that's you, true. So you're buying a badge that's to right. on when you back that. Yeah, but also, so we count you. But also, they're already getting a free room, too. But the good news is, aren't they? It's a good question. But to, but to my point is, they do help the other people get yeah, to 100 quicker. So we'll do that to even help you out. So if we sell 100 tickets within June, we will turn around and of that 100, do a random drawing, probably disincluding the people that already have rooms paid for by John Watts, and that would be pretty chintzy. Yeah. But we'll do a drawing, and somebody's going to win a free room. And if by some crazy chance it's over 100, those yeah. over a hundred people. If you buy one in yeah, if, if, June yeah. and we get over a hundred, then yeah. you're included. Yeah, yeah. And but, if it's two hundred, we'll do two drawings. Exactly. But anyway, but so it yeah. won't be. But so what I would say is, get your ticket. Badge. Tell your your to me. Get your badge. Interchangeable terms. Tell your buddies to get your badge. Encourage those people that you know you're going to come, but are like, well, I just want to drag my ass until November. Get on it now, and you could win a free room, bruh. Yeah, and remember, yeah. no refunds. Exactly. So you can't game the system. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, yeah, there, we don't we don't do refunds, but we'll push you on today. If you're like, well, I don't know if I'll be able to make it, we'll push it to next year. We do do that. So by all means, even if you're like, well, I don't know what's going to happen between now and November, buy the ticket. We'll push it Take to next year. Can't, yeah. But yeah, you have a chance to get a free hotel room. So make it happen. Um, so in a few other little asides from the con, because I know we're getting a little, little long here. I had another great conversation mm. with Zeb Cook, who was in high spirits, if you know what I mean. And this time, instead of Diesel LaForce, it was Alan Hammock chiming in about the Assassin's Game, crazy stuff done with TSR Letterhead, state and local officials coming to TSR HQ, and even the FBI paid them a visit at one point. Some of this stuff, if you're old school and you love your lore, you probably know this stuff. But if not, yeah, because of them 
like writing some letter for the Assassin's game, like I need so-and-so terminated with extreme prejudice, whatever. They used TSR letterhead and this letter got out in the world and someone saw it and like the FBI got involved. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it was really neat because we'd had some of these stories before with Zeb and, and Diesel when we were at some sort of meet and greet that took place at the con years ago. Well, I was manning the booth late into the evening and Zeb just sauntered up two nights in a row and we had quite the conversation, you know, but it was neat. So anyway, yeah. And there were um, numerous other little asides and seeing people. It was great to catch up, but that's why we do the long con because we want to be able to do that twice a year, you know, uh, catch up with old friends and you know, that we've made at, at North Texas. But it was another great North Texas, another great year. I really appreciate them making a special guest again. Um, it's very nice. Every and, year, forever. Yeah. forever. Forever, Morty. Forever. Special guest forever. Yep. 999 years of special guests at NTRPG. Even though bad, con, bad Mike swears he's going to put a restraining order on us, but, you know. Good luck. It'll never take. Well, speaking of how we're different from NTRPG, yeah. just had somebody, because our game registration stuff is up now, too, and uh, we've got the game slots up. Uh-huh. So yeah. ours is regimented. It's mm-hmm. The times are ABC. This is how it is. No exceptions. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Quick was just like, thank you for doing your scheduling like that. No, I want you to know, I wasn't going to talk trash, but I had... I mean, it's not trash. Yeah, I had more than one person come up and go, man... One thing I'd say, like, I'm so glad that y'all stuff is, is you know, set times regimented. And even the one guy asked me, he said, well, why do they do that? And I said, well, probably because some of these special guests are like, yeah. I couldn't possibly be up before nine. And then I guess I'll run a game at 10 to, you know, they've two or They've got so something. many people and, they've got to accommodate. Yeah, and I understand it. I appreciate sweet, it. But... It uh, should be no. These, we tell our special guests to suck it up. Yeah, we're like these are our times. Find two or three slots in that time frame and do it. Because like someone said, I love that I have time to go do a bio, interact with vendors, you know, grab a snack or whatever, interact with some other people for a minute in between games. That nice hour block. We've gotten a lot of praise over that through the, through the years. And they used to do six hour slots. Ooh. They've gotten away from that, yeah. which I think was a good change. Well, but yeah, smart. Yeah, six hours is a lot, and then when you're like, I'm going to play two games. Okay, you've just committed yourselves to twelve hours of gaming and twenty four hours a day. Well, and I've seen some people talk about they would love to be able to play three rounds in a day, which you can play twelve hours at Archon if you play all day, all three slots. They were like, I'd love to do that, but I usually times I, the way the schedules are so wonky. There's times where like I couldn't get but two games in a day because one went long, and the other one that I wanted wasn't until way late in the afternoon and then or they butt up against each other and you're running from one game to the next one trying to make it in time it's yeah it's nice to have that regimented uh schedule i'm, I'm glad we do that and we've gotten a lot of praise for that there's a lot of things that they do to honor doug and i think that's awesome and a lot of that i'm right there going throwing a salute heck yeah like but you know if they got away from the registration at midnight no one ever liked that you know mm-hmm. and it was a, a pia and some people would miss because they would confuse midnight on one you know i mean like i've through the years i've heard people like yep i missed registration because i showed up a day late or whatever and if you didn't complete your checkout process and mm. get you, you wouldn't notice because you did your stuff and went to bed and then you uh, wake up eight hours later and go oh, where I didn't are my work. games yeah you didn't check out and so that's what all i'm saying is like like that's a real nod that's a great thing that they've you know moved away from that but that's one of those things that i i kind of wish they would like we've taken so many pages from their book i wish they'd take one from ours and do set you know, game times, but oh well, case Rostra, it's still one of the greatest cons around and, and we love the con and we love going. Um, but I'm looking forward to long con now and it's cool. I've seen a lot of people's posts saying, you know, see you at long con. Isn't that great that that's kind of like, you know, North Texas Mark two, you know, um, we got some cool pictures there on the uh, North Texas page. We got everybody to wear their T-shirts, and we had a couple group photos. It's also on the Long Con group page. Oh, that's right. Yeah, check that out. Check out the the Long Con page, and you'll see the photos. We we had a ton of fun. It was another great year. Did you see the clock on the wall? I think it's completely out of time or something. Or whatever. we're all out of hit points. <laughs> see. You.